We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's NFL Week 18. I am Nick Whalen, joined, as always, by John McKechnie for a full, comprehensive, no-holds-barred betting breakdown of the week ahead. And boy, do we have a fun one, John. Week 18, it's always chaotic. You're always scrambling, reading up, trying to decide, all right, who's playing for what? How long is Player X going to remain in the game? Uh, It's chaotic, but it's also fun. And it's going to be a a pretty wacky week. I, I don't know if we're going to go into the final week of the Circa Million contest being like, all right, lock it up, baby. We're going five for five, uh, but we're coming off of a decent week there. Uh, we'll, we'll talk through some of the games that we may be using in the Circa contest. And as always, we'll go chronologically starting with the two Saturday games, giving our thoughts, giving our leans, handing out some prop bets. And we'll finish out with the parlays and teasers as well as the locks of the week. First and foremost, John, you've been all over the place the last couple of weeks. You're jet setting to Vegas. You're in Baltimore. You're down in Florida. Uh, but I see you're back in, in the friendly confines of Atlanta this week. Yes, finally back, finally settled. Uh, got got my dog, Bentley, uh, having a power nap uh, behind me. So he's, you know, keeping keeping watch on, on everything, making sure that I podcast uh, well, even uh, while he's asleep. Um, but yeah, we're, we're feeling good. And, you know, as luck would have it, you know, since we go chronologically, uh, you know, we're starting in Baltimore. I was able to, among my travels, find a shirt that I I was freaking out that I had lost. But I found it. This from, of course, the the magical 2019 season when the the Ravens were beating the Bengals so bad that Lamar was just hanging out on on the sideline with his tack glasses on. Uh, That season... It didn't end well. Um, I'm, we'll unpack my my neurosis about that uh, next week and, and two weeks from now. But for right now, I'm I'm happy as a clam. Like I, I could not be happier with, with how the Ravens have done with their gauntlet. It feels like every uh, true contender this year has had to go through a stretch of their schedule where it's been uh, just absurd. You know, the Eagles, the the Bills, the Jaguars, Cowboys, yeah. Jaguars, of course. You know, but uh, the Ravens, you know. I, I really didn't know how I felt about the team until the, the Niners game. And you're you're not going to turn anyone over for the rest of the season five times in all likelihood. But that was a crazy game. Uh, last week was more of a, a classic beatdown of, of the Dolphins. We were on the Dol- or we were on the more Ravens. More beatdown. Yeah. You know, a, a, you know, something of a, of a nice vintage. But yeah, I mean, they're they're rolling. They, they get to chill this week, and uh, I'm going to do the same. But at the same time, 
there there's a number on this game. The Ravens are underdogs. You know that when they clinched the number one seed last time, they also rested all their starters in, in the last week of the season. Did that lead to too much rust last time? I don't know, but I think it's the right move. The Ravens with with the uh, you know the voodoo doll of, of injury luck that that they seem to have. Best to just keep everyone out of harm's way this weekend, and then just kind of readjust with how they do uh, the bye week. But either way, uh, they are home dogs against the Steelers, but it's by more than a field goal. And I know that they they don't really have you know much going. That not a lot of motivation to to win this game necessarily. But this is a pretty serious rivalry, and it's even with the way that the Steelers have played over these last two weeks since uh, switching over to, to Mason Rudolph and actually having something that resembles an NFL offense. Tomlin is a favorite on the road here. I don't know. Where, where are you with this one? I, I kind of like the Ravens to, to keep this one close enough. I would like the Ravens to uh, actually tell us who's not going to play first and foremost. And I know there's plenty of gamesmanship afoot this time of year. You know, we've gotten, we basically know which quarterbacks are going to be in. Other than that, we're not really sure. Um, and as our guy Benson notes in the chat, I, I was going to just say this exact same thing. It's like, do they treat this as a preseason game, which they've had enormously uh, tremendous results in the preseason. I, I think at four, I'm willing to, to hear you out on the Ravens, you know, in terms of motivation, obviously this means way, way more to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they're still playing to try to get their way into the postseason. They're going to be going full bore. And, you know, even if uh, the Ravens, you know, start with most of their regular defense, how long do those guys play? How big of a drop-off is there going from, uh, you know, the, your ones to your twos? I, I think they could be – I think they could be without Marlon Humphrey. I think he's already ruled out, right? I, so he's going to be out. Kyle Hamilton's been banged up. I'd be surprised if they push him. You know, he's been banged up the last few weeks now. Zay Flowers is doubtful. He's not going to play. Obviously, Lamar's not going to be out there. Uh, to me, it's it's how many points can the Ravens score? Because I, I don't think the Steelers are going to come in and, like, put 35 up on the Ravens backups. Like, I think they have enough pride. In it. Like you said, divisional matchup. They're not just going to completely lay down. And I think something you have to consider, and this applies to a bunch of games on the slate. It, it's, it's not like these backups are just hanging, you know, running around out there. It's like, these are guys that are trying to prove that they belong on the team next year or trying to audition for another team's roster next season. They're all NFL players. They're, they're not just out there to, to just, you know, lose this game by 30. And I don't think the Steelers are really capable of blowing out the Ravens, even the backups. Like that's not who the Steelers are. So it's just a question of, you know, what is Tyler Huntley able to do? do? Do we see, you know, any audition? Like, you know, does Malik Cunningham come in for a couple of series? Do we see Josh Johnson so. at any point? Like, I just I, I just want to know how seriously the Ravens are taking this because I, I don't think there's this, like, massive, massive gap between the Ravens without a few of their top guys and the Steelers. It's just, you know, to what point do, do they try to, you know, kind of turn this into an audition for younger players versus, hey, we're going to go out and try to win this game? Well, you know, th- this is – Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley that we're talking That's about. Right. Not not every not every team has multiple Pro Bowlers uh, in their quarterback room, but um, I th- I think it, in a weird way, roundabout way, this is a really important game for Tyler Huntley because I, I think the Ravens didn't just go out and get Malik Cunningham for no reason. Um, I, I think that Huntley might be getting a little expensive uh, f- as far as backups. Our concern, he's still not a huge cap hit one way or the other, but like he kind of does need to like cement uh, that that he is the, the backup right. for Lamar Jackson going forward like he has been uh, these last few years. Um, but be, beyond that, um, I think the weather is going to be terrible uh, in Baltimore on, on Saturday, like kind of just a sleet, uh, freezing rain type of game. So um, like that. 
I think that that works against what's been working well for the Steelers in recent weeks, which is the passing game. Uh, I don't know how well Mason Rudolph plays in conditions. Uh, he's an Oklahoma State guy. So, I mean, like we, we don't have a ton of sample dating back there. I know he's been in Pittsburgh for a while and everything, but I, I just feel like this is going to be a slop fest. I like the under in oh, this yeah. game. And, you know, if we're going with, with that, that it's going to be fewer than 35 points put up on the board, I think it stands to reason that this one ends up being close yeah. and and Baltimore uh, ends up covering this one. Okay, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with like a 20 to 17 win for the Steelers. Maybe even less. Maybe it's, you know, 17, 14, something like that. And you are right. Uh, I, I fiercely tried to Google the weather in Baltimore. I accidentally typed Ravens weather, and that just brought up a really weird uh, result. But I do have the Baltimore <laughs> forecast. Saturday during the day, snow during the morning will mix with a change to rain during the afternoon. High temperatures around 40, winds 10 to 20 miles per hour, chance of precipitation 100%. Gross. Uh, I would not want to be sitting out uh, in, in that one if I'm a fan. Uh, res- respect to, to those that, that do want to go sit out in that. Um, maybe it deters some of the, the Pittsburgh faithful that often make their way to Baltimore to just stay back, uh, just stay, stay on back there. But either way, um, I like the Ravens in a, yeah. in a slop fest plus four points. Uh, Baltimore, by the way, they're of course locked into the one seed in the AFC. Pittsburgh can clinch a wild card spot with a win plus a Buffalo loss or a Jacksonville loss or a Houston Indy tie, which to me is not totally out of the question. Uh, depending on what happens with Jacksonville, it actually might be in Houston and Indy's best interest to tie. Uh, Steelers can also make the playoffs with a loss, plus a Jacksonville loss, plus a Denver win, uh, plus Houston and Indy not ending in a tie. So they need some help, but these are not these are not like inconceivable tiebreakers. So uh, again, the, the motivation's on the Pittsburgh side here. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I think this is a bit of a rat line. Uh, I like the Ravens plus four. Let's get to the Saturday night game. This one uh, taking place in Indy. So we're not really concerned about the weather conditions here and what I will still refer to as the RCA Dome. I don't know if RCA is still a company anymore. I'm going to say probably not. Uh, Colts are one and a half point favorites. That's where it locked in the circuit contest. Uh, excuse me, one and a half point dogs, pardon me, at home. Uh, they were one point favorites earlier in the week. We've seen some gradual movement in favor of Houston. This is a Nick Whalen throw the hands up game. There's no love lost between these AFC South rivals. I have no idea what's going to happen. I do tend to, to lean toward Houston here. And this is to me kind of a pick the winner game. Certainly, it's, I think it could be close. I trust CJ Stroud a lot more than I do Gardner Minshew. Sue me. Did you ever go to the RCA Dome? I've been to their current stadium. I've never went to the RCA Dome. I've been to the big oil drum as well. Uh, the RCA Dome, I think, is the worst uh, sports arena that I've ever been to, though. Really? That was, yeah, that felt like so the, the concourses were tiny and carpeted for some reason. Um, okay. So you you really felt like there was high potential for like just a catastrophic incident. Like it felt like a big walking fire hazard just sure. being in that in that stadium. Um, but the, the big oil drum, much nicer. That's where Georgia got their national championship a couple of years ago. So. Uh, all the best to that stadium. I, I've seen the Badgers lose two Big Ten championship games as well as the national championship game in that building. That is a house of horrors for Nick Whalen. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Um, you know, I, I, I apologize for, for dredging uh, that up. But uh, yeah, when, when it comes to this game, so many things point you in, in Houston's direction. 
Um, you know, they, they have the edge at quarterback and, and Stroud is back healthy. That that helps. And, you know, I think it, it's it says something that that, you know, Vegas views the Texans as favorites on the road in this spot. And obviously, Indianapolis has been a tricky team to, to figure out over the course of this season. But I, I think they stopped being a, a team that you can't take seriously. Right. Like they they, yeah. they absolutely are. I mean, they, a win. And they're in. They're, they still have the chance to to win the South, like, like you mentioned. And I mean, we got two great coaches here um, in in their first seasons. But I I feel like there there's just a little bit more completeness and, and a little bit more uh, pass rush ability on Indianapolis's side. Like they they rack up the sacks. Houston on the other side have a really banged up defensive front. Um, if that allows Jonathan Taylor to to finally, much to the chagrin of his fantasy managers from this year, like actually have the Jonathan Taylor game. Uh, that that's going to be a problem. And the 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 less that we have to like rely on Gardner Minshew if we're Indianapolis in this spot, probably the better. But I still think he he's going to do fine in this particular setup. So I like the home dogs here to to go ahead and and get this done and and not just cover, but but you know again with just one and a half points, I, I think that's they win this game outright. Indianapolis does. You know we got some injuries on the Houston side. Noah Brown has been ruled out, which is. Sadly, kind of a big deal for them, given where their receiving core is at right now. Obviously, Tank Dell's not coming back. Uh, they've been banged up all over the offensive line all season. Laramie Tunsil ended up leaving last week uh, against Tennessee. We don't know if he's going to be out there. So that, that's certainly something that could swing it. Uh, you know, Their entire defensive line is also banged up. A defensive line that's played really well for the most part this season. You know, Will Anderson's the one we're watching most. He's got an ankle uh, it, heading into this one. Sheldon Rankin's as well on the injury report, Malik Collins, Jonathan Greenard, all those guys could be in jeopardy. Uh, so this is one where I want to wait and see. You know, if Houston ends up being down three of its four starting linemen and its number two receiver, at some point, it's like, are, are we asking too much of C.J. Stroud in this spot? I, I think we I think we would be. Um, I, yeah. I think that, you know, he, he's he's phenomenal already and he, he's going to continue to get better. But uh, along everyone's like story arc, unless you're Tom Brady, like you, you need to take some lumps in, in yep. big games to, to start your career. And I think this is that spot for, for Stroud and company. And I think that, you know, Houston, they've already kind of had a storybook season relative to expectations, right. but sadly, I, I think it does kind of run out here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to Panthers Buccaneers. This one's in Charlotte. Uh, we're seeing the Buccaneers as four and a half point road favorites. That's where it locked in Circa as well. That's what I'm seeing at DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, PointsBet. Uh, you can check all those out at rotowire.com slash betting. Got a great odds comparison page. Uh, keep you abreast of, of the changing odds as we get to Saturday and Sunday. Man, what do we do with the Buccaneers? I, they had their opportunity to lock up the division last week. They could still do it. This week, all is not lost. Uh, Tampa does clinch the NFC South with a win. Carolina, as we know, nothing on the line here. Um, you know They have clinched the worst record. They will send the number one pick over to the Chicago Bears. They will. Uh, you know, they're, they're just really motivationally, they have nothing on the line here whatsoever. Um, you know, the draft pick would kind of be the one thing that you could you could have as a feather in your cap if you're trying to you know handicap the Carolina side of things. You take that out of it. I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a train wreck that continues to get worse. You got an owner who's tossing drinks on the good fans at Everbank Field in Jacksonville. Should be in prison, if you ask yes. me. I don't, I don't know if a fine is enough. Um, you know, Carolina, we were on them last week. I thought it was a pretty good spot against C.J. Beathard. I thought that'd be a very low-scoring game. I didn't see the Jags defense showing up in the way that it did. You know, bringing Bryce Young down, I think, six times. You know, Josh Allen was all over him. Trayvon Walker had arguably his best game as a pro the question is, could Carolina salvage something here? Can they pick themselves off the mat after their worst offensive game of the season? And think about what that means. I mean, this is a team that has had some dreadful offensive games. They had 124 total yards last week, 2.3 yards per play. Ooh, the, the teal curtain rising to the occasion. You know, uh, you, you have no Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, the other Josh Allen there to pick you up. Or maybe the Josh Allen. The you Josh know, Allen. Let's, as far as let's say that much. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The Bills have underperformed. This year, the the real Josh Allen um, has not. And yet, yes, David Tepper uh, should be under the jail uh, along with uh, Big Dom from from the Eagles. Both those guys. I was going to say, I mean, possibly death penalty. Yeah, I mean, we're you know we're we're generally not capital punishment guys, but I mean, we're you know these guys are really pushing us on that. But uh, beyond that, I'm just running scared from this game. I got to be honest. I'm taking the coward's way out because you know that I had so much faith in the Buccaneers last week. It was it felt like such a good setup. For them, uh, I know you have some some great statistics when it comes to teams with something on the line in the final week of the regular season. 
uh, versus teams that that are eliminated and when with nothing to play for. And I mean, rarely do, do the teams with quote unquote nothing to play for have this little of nothing to to play for as, as the Panthers do. Because like you said, they do not own the number one pick. They they their reward for this season being as bad as it was is more Bryce Young. That's tough. Um, but do we trust the Bucks to to cover that on the road? That that really is the question here. Yeah. It, because I, I don't think that we're if we're taking the Panthers is because like yeah no I think the Panthers like hang with them and like you feel good about them. It's more just like yeah I guess I, I guess I was wrong about the Buccaneers. So I golly I think I'm gonna have to take the Bucks just because the Panthers really are that bad and there there is yeah. something on the line here for for the Bucks and you know motivation being what it is and how hard it is to quantify in these spots. Yeah, I mean, you're not even going to impress the guy that's being the coach next year. So if you're right. the Panthers, so nah, man, uh, I'll, I'll go with the Bucks, but that's got to be like I'm like I'm using one or two points if this is a confidence rating for this week. Yeah, you mentioned that eliminated teams versus you know teams that need to win. Since 1990, uh, the eliminated team is covering at about a 61 percent clip, 164 and four, uh, according to the Action Network. So that applies to. Panthers, Bucks, Titans, Jags, Cardinals, Seahawks, Bears, Packers this week. Just something to keep in mind. I think you framed it perfectly. To me, it, I, I don't see the Bucks losing this game. They've already they've already played a three point game with Carolina earlier this year, right? So we've kind of seen them struggle in the spot. It's more so, you know, if Carolina steps up and stops the run, which I think they do. You know, they they the final numbers were a little misleading last week. You know, ETN had the sixty two yarder that made him made it look like he was running all over him. You take that away. He has 15 carries for 40 yards, you know? So I, I don't see this as like an explosive spot for Rashad White or the Bucks running game, which has been marginally better over the second half. And then you're putting the, you're putting the game on the arm of Baker Mayfield. And if you, if you get a, if you get a great Baker Mayfield game, we've seen a few of those this season, then the Bucks probably win and cover this game pretty easily. If you get a shaky Baker Mayfield game and he throws two picks, you know, then I, I don't think I'm taking the Bucks with the points. So yeah, come to my head. I'm with you. I, I think you just got to lean toward the overwhelmingly motivated spot here in Tampa, but this is not one uh, that will be making the circuit card. That brings us to Browns Bengals. Very, very difficult game. Bengals seven point favorites. One of the biggest favorites on the board this week. Uh, a, a rare instance this season, John, where, where seven points makes you the second biggest favorite behind only Dallas, which locked at uh, 13 and a half in the circuit contest. You know, Browns, they've already announced that, you know, they, they will be resting several regulars. They are not only locked in the playoffs, but they're locked into their seed. So there's really nothing on the line here for Cleveland. They will be the number five seed in the AFC Cincinnati, of course, eliminated from playoff contention. They currently would hold the 16th overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. This is one where I want to wait and see. I want to, I want to see who's going for for Cincinnati. It's like, does it, does it make sense to, to play T Higgins, you know, who's played through a ton of injuries this season, you know, Jamar chase, does he come back? Does he play in this game? I don't know. Um, you know, he, he's been limited with the shoulder injury. Didn't have a big week. Last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, does it make sense to play him in a meaningless game? I'm not really sure. So as of right now, I, I think I would just take the points yep. with Cleveland. Um, you know, if Cincinnati says, hey, we're, we're trying to just, you know, put our best foot forward and, and play this like a real game, maybe we take them at their word. But right now, I don't know if I can trust that. Yeah, I, I think, again, with, with the points being what they are, like th this being as big of a spread it is with with the Bengals having as little to play for as they do. Uh, like you said, the the 16th uh, draft slot that's right in the middle, the mid Cincinnati Bengals, dare I say. Wow. Um, but, but 
Um, you know, beyond that, I, I know that the Browns aren't going to be rolling their rolling their top guys out there, and they've dealt with tons of injuries over the course of the seasons. They've kind of had an unbelievable season uh, when when you frame it that way. I don't know. I I, I think that uh, you know for for DFS purposes, like I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, you're you're going to get a lot of guys that you like to watch in college that that don't really do much in the pros, like your Cedric Tillmans, your Chase Browns of the world. I'm excited to see them kind of get unleashed in this one but when it comes to betting i think trusting the Bengals to to cover seven or more um with, with what they might be rolling out there you know even with the the lack of personnel uh that, that the browns are going to be rolling out there I, I think it's just a little bit too yeah. rich for my blood i like the browns here we will see jeff driscoll starting for the browns uh that is the expectation you know i Maybe we get some PJ Walker at some point, but I think this is the the Jeff Driscoll audition. Kind of see what he did has. You see the, did you see the Driscoll revenge game narrative? <laughs> no, quite frankly, I don't. I, I do not see that. No, um, but the, someone was tweeting about it yet yesterday, and like oh, had the no, whole. I literally whole, did not see it. No, the, there was like a whole timeline of, about Driscoll like wor- working his tail off to like be get ready for the start of the season. I think when Burrow was not going to be ready coming off the the knee maybe or maybe this was earlier but either way he was there until like the very end he was like among the final uh round of cuts for for the Bengals. i think that there was uh it, it was a bit of bad blood uh, for, mm-hmm. from driscoll towards the Bengals. a bit of animus for oh. them at, on his way out the door so i don't know i've always thought that Dr- jeff driscoll is an interesting player he's extremely athletic for uh you know just for a, a backup quarterback type of guy, but uh, I don't know. I could see him going, going kind of nuts here. Pretty athletic, sneaky athletic. Some would say mm-hmm. for a, a backup right. quarterback type of guy. Uh, yeah. We'll see uh, You know who else ends up sitting out for the, for the Browns. They have not really announced anything beyond Flacco, but Cooper, you know, obviously Elijah Moore went out with what looked like kind of a scary concussion last week, David and Joku. He's on the injury report as well with an illness. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Cleveland just kind of you know pulls a full rest with, with a lot of their key players and, yeah, maybe in that case it, it pushes us towards Cincy, but as of right now, this is kind of a, an incomplete grade for me. Let's go to Vikings Lions. Fun game in the NFC North. Minnesota, despite losing last week uh, against the Green Bay Packers, they are not fully eliminated. Uh, Detroit still has some seeding implications should they choose to pursue those. So Detroit has clinched at least the number three seed in the NFC. They cannot fall any further than that. That's where they currently sit. They could move up to the two seed with a win plus a Dallas loss plus a Philadelphia Eagles loss. Um, And of course, they're playing in the early window. Those other two teams play in the late window. uh, So they will not have the benefit of scoreboard watching, although you kind of have to assume at least one of those teams wins, likely Dallas. Uh, Minnesota, conversely, they could clinch a wild card spot. Here we go. With a win, plus a Green Bay loss, plus a Seattle loss, plus a Tampa Bay loss, or a win, plus a Green Bay loss, plus a Seattle loss, plus a New Orleans loss. So... You know, I, I think both teams, you have to expect them to play hard. I, I don't think resting is in Dan Campbell's blood. Uh, you know, Detroit kind of took their shot at the end of that game against Dallas. You know, not first of all, not wanting to go to overtime. Second of all, you know, having a chance to, to you know, really kind of seal up that number two seed. But uh, do you, the Detroit side of this is interesting to me because I, I think Minnesota plays it straight. I, I think you got to, you know, it, it's unlikely that all those events that I just read off happen, but they could. Stranger things have happened in the world of sports. So Minnesota, I'm not worried about what, what their motivations are. They're going back to Dick Mullins. Thank God. Uh, the question is Detroit. You know, do, do they play it straight? I think they do. Um, I think you, you said it right off the jump with Campbell. Like the, those guys are not chilling uh, by, by any means this week. They probably are still pretty salty. 
about what happened last week in Dallas. Uh, once that penalty is called, just just tie the game, man. It's just you. You had a great play. It didn't work out. Push it to overtime. I want to know what out. the limit was. Like how far back until they actually would have kicked it. <laughs> we'll never know, but we need to. We we need some Dan Campbell truth serum at some point this this off season. We we got to get to the bottom of that. But um, yeah, it's three and a half points against Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins might just hand the Lions some of those. I know these two teams faced each other. Uh, recently, very recently, and, and Mullins did just that, you know, the four turnovers in that game, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah, I think it could be similarly ugly that this one being in Detroit season on the line. So I, I, I almost feel like all those things that could, that need to happen for the Vikings to, to get in the postseason happen, except for them winning on, on Saturday or Sunday. For what it's worth, as of earlier this week, Dan Campbell did indicate that he'll play starters. You know, again, that's there's a difference between starting with your starters and those guys actually playing, you know, full snap load. So that would be a concern as well. Um, I, I, if, if we're taking the Lions at their word, I, I really like Detroit in this spot. I, I know the defense has been kind of a disaster. This this feels like maybe one last opportunity to feel a little bit better about yourself heading into the postseason. What I do like more than anything in this game, John, is Nick Mullins over two sixty five and a half passing yards. He was at, you know, I think it was 411 against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's getting pulled in this game, you know. And like you said, he, he threw four picks and he still was over 400 yards. I, I like the over on Justin Jefferson as well. Like, I, I do think Minnesota can move the ball, but if Detroit does, in fact, play its starters for the full game, I, I think they're winning and covering. Yep. I, I do as well. Give me the lines in this spot. You know, we, we don't love a, a number more than the field goal most of the time, but I, I think yeah. in this particular instance, I think the Vikings can help us in, in that sense. Okay, I'm going to give you – describe this following game in one word, John. Jets on the road at the Patriots. Patriots two-and-a-half-point favorites. Our total, 30-and-a-half. And if it closes under 31, I believe that would be our lowest total in almost 20 years. Wow. Okay, I, I have one word for all of that. Yep. It could just be wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, the first word that came to mind was, was stinky. Um, but at, at the same time – um, I feel like it. We deserve a little bit more than than that. I'll, I'll say, it's sneaky. I, I think that this is a game we we need to consider uh, f- for the card. And I I think I dropped this conspiracy theory theory on you um, on a podcast a, a few weeks ago. If Belichick is not going to be back, and he's no longer uh, in charge of being the the GM of of the New England Patriots, how you know it, you know we 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 look at coaches and we we think about Belichick being the, one of the greats of all time, if not the greatest, you know, how, to saddle yourself next to the likes of one Lovey Smith, as he did last year on his way out of Houston, uh, which actually worked out in Houston's favor, oddly enough um, with, with him winning that last game, losing the Texans, the number one pick in the process. I could see the Patriots coming out and, and winning this game. I do like the Patriots a decent bit. In this game, the Jets, I mean, they've been like just trying to to talk themselves into things. I think like the entire season, and I think it's starting to run out a little bit for them. Yeah, I think. I think it's the Patriots game. I, I'm almost going to bite my tongue here. I don't I just this is the the stay away of the week for me. Uh, I, I, there's you know very little motivation on either side. I, I like your narrative here, though. I, I do think, you know, if Bill, if Bill Belichick knows internally that he's not coming back 
then yeah, I like why why is he helping New England, you know, secure a top three pick? Why why would he care about that? So if if we believe that that's the case, then sure, I think this is a decent spot for the Pats. Again, it's at one and a half. It's in New England. Uh, it's another Trevor Simeon game for the New York Jets. And you know, I, I think on balance over the last few weeks, New England has somehow looked like the better team. Uh, I still like the Jets you know, playmakers quite a bit more than I do New England's, but I think the Patriots are still better coached. I think they've been a better defense. Uh, I think the Jets defense has been slightly overrated for most of the year. And it's been, you know, outright bad a few times over these last few weeks. So yeah, you you could sell me on that. Um, I I will say though, it's like, what if, what if if we get the inverse of this and it's coach K losing to North Carolina in his final ACC game and then losing to North Carolina again in the NCAA tournament. And then coming out and scolding the fans. (laughs) Shut up. Uh, anything's, yeah, anything's on the table with Belichick. Um, obviously, both teams are eliminated. New England would clinch at least the number three overall pick uh, in the in the draft with a loss. Uh, there is like a crazy series of machinations based on like strength of record and whatnot where some of those picks uh, could, could end up moving around. The Jets currently slotted at number eight in the 2024 NFL draft. They could climb as high as number five with a loss, uh, plus wins by the Giants, Chargers, and Titans. So... It, some maneuverability there. I, obviously, I think New England's a team that you have to worry about a little bit more. But yeah, this is a really an impossible game to handicap. And if we want to lean on the bill check narrative, honestly, I'm okay with that. All right, good enough for me. Uh, that's the only one that I yeah. that I really had a leg to stand on with. Because um, w- once you get down into me breaking down the Jimmy Jimmy's and Joes for the uh, Patriots offense against this Jets defense, uh, things fall apart re- rather quickly. So I'll just say, all right, Bill, one more time. Yeah, that, we, we spent like quadruple the amount of time that I wanted to on that game. That's, that's <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, all right, Falcon Saints, uh, I guess a better game. This one's in New Orleans. Saints are three and a half point favorites. 42 is our total. Uh, this one locked at three and a half in Circa as well. Huh, two teams that I do not trust, John, uh, really whatsoever. You know, I, we, we were talking on the, the Circa video earlier today, talking through some of our potential picks. Dennis Allen, <laughs> four, 16 and two against the spread coming off of a straight up win in their last game. Uh, Saints, of course, beat the Bucks last week. You know, Atlanta just continues to free fall. They look terrible last week against Chicago. Uh, I would love to say, give me Atlanta with the points. Uh, the counterpoint to that is it's Atlanta. And that, that counterpoint is huge. Um, I, I, you know, the Falcons, I just want to be done with the Falcons. Like it, the, the Saints at least like have the game once in a while where, where it's like, I, I understand the theory of this team. Um, it, it's just so poorly coached that it doesn't always uh, come out right. But, you know, like they discovered that they have Jawan Johnson the, these last couple of weeks. They, they have Chris Olave. Um, yeah. Alvin Kamara's dinged up. I think that that is a problem, but um, you know, your, your recourse for that is just like pounding the Falcons with Taysom Hill, like just tenderizing them with, with this big Mormon. I like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the Saints do this. The the, the stakes are huge for this game uh, as far as the playoff scenario is concerned. Yeah, I, th- I think the Saints get this done. Again, it's another game with, with that with that number where we hate trusting this team with more than a field goal. But in this particular spot in the dome in New Orleans, to be specific, g- give me the Saints. I know it's buying high on the Saints, but give me the Saints. Does it matter to you whatsoever if it's Heineke or Desmond Ritter? Taylor Heineke limited again at practice today. It sounds like he's going to be as close to a game time call as it gets in the NFL. Uh, so, sadly, Atlanta has taken the fun out of Taylor Heineke. 
and just turned their quarterback room into like the Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, like Spider-Man meme. Like they're, they're both no fun to watch right now, which is, again, unfortunate because Taylor Heineke like might as well have like auditioned to like be on Jackass with the way he played in Washington, just the insane reckless abandon. He's like Dave England out there, but, oh, awesome. um, but yeah, it, Arthur Smith, curse that man he is he has turned him into this boring dude um that's no that's no fair for anybody if, we, if we're gonna have to watch the falcons it should at least be a little bit fun and uh it's just not anymore so di- no difference to me on who, which quarterbacks back there you know there's like the manning passing academy that we've been hearing about our entire lives for like these mm-hmm. these like college quarter or these high school quarterbacks and some college quarterbacks to go and hone their skills i think heineke Minshew, maybe nick mullins Jameis, those guys should get together and host a camp for like other young, reckless quarterbacks. Yes, that's genius. And then host it in New Orleans. Right. There we yeah, go. And it's just like the tricks of the trade. You know, it's like, here's here's how you throw four picks in one game. It's like, here's how you look off an open receiver and throw it into double coverage. <laughs> like, here's how to here's how to identify a guy being triple covered. <laughs> yeah, you're just like breaking down film of bad throws. Like, this is exactly what we want. Great play right there. We love it. We love the Moxie. The Moxie rating on that on that one, the MXR is is off the charts. Yes, that's something that should be measured at the combine as well. It's like I, I don't you know forty time. That's that's all well and good. Three cone drill, great. I, I want like a I want like a spark mat, mat Moxie rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know Drake May just d- doesn't even have a pulse uh, on that. Like that. Where's the Moxie on that guy? Uh, you know, I'm downgrade. Disgusting. Uh, the one thing I will say about the Saints, and I don't want to to rain on your parade here. Alvin Kamara might not play, did not practice at all today. He's been banged up all week, obviously left last week's game against Tampa. Chris Olave, we're monitoring him closely. He's been limited all week. That was the case again today. Uh, and Juwan Johnson, our guy, uh, no. non-participant yesterday. Uh, our, our guy, Katuri, is writing a note on him right now. So once that note is completed, <laughs> uh, we will we will give you an update on Juwan Johnson. Shout out ECAT. Yeah, right? I mean, just in, in the, the minds, minds, as always. Um, but, you know, the Saints could be without arguably, what, they're three of their four best offensive players. So something to monitor there and, and something that I probably wouldn't lock in right now uh, on the what's on the line side of things here. Uh, New Orleans clinches the NFC South with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. The saints can clinch a playoff berth with a win plus a Seattle loss plus a green Bay loss. So a lot on the line there, Atlanta somehow can still clinch the division. Uh, I believe they cannot get a wild card. So they're eliminated from the wild card, but they can still win the division with a win over New Orleans plus a Tampa Bay loss. So there it is. All right. Let let, let me, uh, let me run through that in my head as we get into the next game. Okay. (laughs) Well, the next game as luck would have it is Jags Titans. This one is in Nashville. Jags are currently three and a half point favorites. Our total sits at 41. Uh, We've seen pretty significant line movement in this game over the last few days, John Uh, Jags were up uh, to, to five and a half point favorites about 48 hours ago. That is slowly, moved in favor of Tennessee. I think it could get back to five, five and a half. If we get confirmation on Trevor Lawrence, he's been throwing at practice. He has not been necessarily a full participant in those practices. Uh, you know, dealing with the shoulder and now a, a left finger injury as well. We've been through the song and dance like five times in the last five weeks with Trevor Lawrence. He's played in uh, three of their last four games. Obviously didn't play last week. I, as a Jaguars fan, as somebody who follows this team very closely, I would be very surprised if he doesn't at least try to play, I don't know what he's going to look like, but I would, I would be surprised if he's not out there for the first snap. Yeah, I would as well. So I'm, I'm going under the assumption that, that Lawrence is out there as well. Um, 
this is this is tricky. Um, Benson notes that it's down to three and a half at circa. So That's I mean right. that 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 is that is significant movement you know, relative to the the five and a half where it was earlier this week. And and frankly, I can see it. You know because the Titans, you know they're they're they live to be the spoiler, right? And and Vrabel is just that that kind of coach. But I think that they're just kind of out of steam a little bit. I mean, their, their quarterback situation is abhorrent right now. I mean, you got like a, a 60% Will Levis or, or Ryan Tannehill, uh, whichever guy kind of draws the short straw to just get sacked a ton of times. I think that that kind of is the key in this game. Like even if this Jags offense continues to look, you know, mired and 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 all that, the way that the, the Jags defense played last week and the personnel that it has generally, and, and for a lot of the season, it, it's been a great defense, especially against the run. If you shut down Derrick Henry, it's it's really hard for the Titans to win. Derrick Henry, I wouldn't say a shell of himself, but certainly uh, not the kind of game-breaking threat that that we're used to seeing anymore. So even, you know, there, there's the, the counterpoint to that. Like, is this his last game in Tennessee? Does he go out? But I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, it do, that doesn't really matter. I think that he's just he's lost a step. The rest of the offense just isn't really that threatening. So you can really key on the run. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see this just being like the Jags don't really do it overly convincingly, but they they still win by by seven to to ten points because just because Tennessee can't score in this one. Look, if the Jacksonville defense shows up like it did last week, they're absolutely winning this game. And they're probably holding Tennessee under 15 points, you know. So it, it's just a matter of can they show up like that. It does look like we'll, we're trending toward Will Levis being available. I like that uh, as a Jaguar fan. I'd rather face him than Ryan Tannehill, who I think gives them a higher floor. You know, I, I think if you get one of the, like, every six weeks good Will Levis games, then maybe Jacksonville's in trouble. But I would rather face him. I think he's also more sackable than, than Ryan Tannehill, although they both have just been pummeled. Over the last few weeks, Titans have taken 19 sacks over the last three games. And two of those have come against Houston. And Houston was extremely banged up without Will Anderson. And one of those, uh, you know, the way that that Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen played last week, I think that makes you feel good about Jacksonville. And, you know, in the circuit contest specifically, if you can get the Jags at three and a half and Trevor Lawrence is playing and that number moves to five, five and a half, I think that's pretty good value. Yeah, so that therein lies the the benefit of of having a little bit of time to to marinate on this because yeah, if we we will have the luxury of the the Friday practice reports yep. uh, before having to to consider this one, but if if it plays out with Lawrence, I'm I'm definitely not opposed to putting this on the card. Okay, we like it. Tennessee, of course, eliminated from contention. They currently hold the seventh pick in the draft. Jacksonville clinches the AFC South with a win. Regardless of the result in this game, the Jags could still get in as a wild card with a Pittsburgh loss, a Denver loss to the Raiders and Indian Houston not ending in a tie. So that's that's what concerns me. I mentioned earlier, you know, the Indy Houston tie scenario uh, where it's like if, if the Jags were to lose to Tennessee, uh, you know, and let's say Pittsburgh loses on Saturday, obviously Denver doesn't play until later. Uh, but it, in that scenario, I think then Indy and Houston would want to tie and they'd both get in. It was like I mean, we had that a couple of years ago, right? Wasn't it? Was it Chargers Raiders? Yeah, Raiders Brandon Staley. Up, yeah, the Raiders end up eschewing the tie and kick the game-winning field goal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, didn't they? They didn't get it though, right? Like that. Like Staley, like it was like a self-destruct. Like they, they, I don't know. It was like the button type of scene from from the Dark Knight. I know we're not right. we're not movie guys on on this pod, but you know, like the mutually assured uh, destruction and and 
I don't know. I, th- I felt like the, the Raiders got that one and then they had to go to Cincinnati after that in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I my memory serves that if, if it had ended in a tie, both teams would have gotten in, but the Raiders yes. had the ball last and decided to kick the field goal. So they got in and the chargers did not. Right. But that, yeah, there, there was an instance where Staley could have just done that, but then he oh, gave yeah. the ball back to the Raiders. Yes, exactly. And I, I ended up winning my pick'em league on that game. I got, I was, I was leading going into it. And if, if me and there's one other guy who could have won it, if we had, if we had both just picked the same team, I would have won no matter what, obviously, because we both get the points or both lose the points. And I, I got like Jedi mind tricked into picking the Raiders. So I didn't, I didn't think the Raiders were going to win. I, I was like, Oh, he's going to pick the Raiders. Cause he thinks I'm picking the chargers. And I got, I got duped, <laughs> but Hey, it worked out, right? It's the worst game of all time to have to sweat out for like $800, oh but God. Yeah. Hey, it worked out. I got, I got the belt. Um, all right, Seahawks Cardinals. This one's in Arizona. Uh, Cardinals are three point dogs at DraftKings. The number is two and a half in the circuit contest. I know you and I, we both have some feelings on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona is eliminated from postseason contention. They currently hold the number four pick in the NFL draft. That is, you know, they're they're behind New England and Washington, and of course Carolina slash Chicago. Uh, that is by virtue of Arizona beating the Eagles last week. Seattle. Pretty simple. They clinch a wild card with a win, but they also need Green Bay to lose. I don't trust Seattle. Um, I, I thought last week w- was a, a, a show, a, a truer showing of, of who they really are. And I, I know there's a, a little bit of Tomlin magic bit baked in there as well. But that they just haven't been convincing this year. Like if for as as good as they were and fun last year with, with Gino and how great of a story as that was. Like they they've kind of been kind of had a lid on them as a result of the quarterback play, I feel like, a little bit this year. And obviously the, the Cardinals don't uh, have a ton to play for here other than, than drafts slot, but I think that they're going to stick with Kyler Murray personally, um, so it doesn't really matter if they, if, uh, if they don't have like a top three pick, although it would be nice for them to, to trade it if they did get there. But um, you know, them beating Philadelphia last week, I think that that just kind of signals that they're going to keep pushing forward here, play a little spoiler within the division and, and keep the the Seahawks out. So not only do I like the Cardinals uh, plus two and a half at at home here, but I I think I like them to win this one outright. I think if you like them at two and a half, you have to like them to win. Uh, That's, that's one of my money line dogs that I would play this week. I, I just, I don't really trust Seattle. I think Seattle had a golden opportunity last week. They blew it. They let Mason Rudolph of all people, of all men come into their home and win that game in Seattle. You know, if they win, they would have, they would have had a chance to control their own destiny. They wouldn't need to be relying on the Chicago bears to beat the Packers this week to get in. And I, I think Arizona to be there, if you're ranking the like bad teams, you don't want to play right now. They're a, a very close second behind Chicago. Yes, no, I, absolutely. And we'll, we'll get to the bears shortly, but I'm, I'm definitely uh spoiler alert, like in on them, but mm-hmm. guards, uh, that, you know, really it comes down to, you know, and Mario was talking about this earlier, uh, the, the defense is bad for, for Arizona. And, and you have, bad, bad. you have like monsters like DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, you know, that if, if they're drawing 20, the way he put it, it was like, if they're drawing 20 targets, like that could be 200 receiving yards right there for, from those two alone. And, you know, with all of a sudden and probably a touchdown or two, like all of a sudden, it makes you look at the game a little bit differently, but I'm just going to say that Gino has a bit of a clunker here. And I think that Arizona runs the heck out of the ball. They've been running the heck out of the ball uh, since James Conner got back. 
Uh, Michael Carter looked okay last week, even. Uh, remember him? Um, he's on a bunch of my dead basketball teams. Um, but, no, I, I think the Cardinals can get this done. I really do. Last thing I'll say about Arizona, if you like that side, and we'll talk about Bears-Packers in a moment. I don't want to spoil any of our thoughts there. But those games are going on concurrently. And if Green Bay's up big in the second half, you know, Seattle, I think the writing's on the wall, right? And, you know, maybe maybe there would be a, a pullback there. So, you know, relatively unlikely. I think Green Bay, Chicago will be a close game. But something to consider where, you know, if Seattle kind of knows its its fate is sealed at some point, um, you know, maybe, maybe you, you do lose a little bit of that. Uh, that juice going into the second half. Let's go to Bears Packers. Packers are three point favorites. That's been the number all week. That's where it locked in circa. Total sitting at 45. Oh boy. Two years in a row, Green Bay's in this spot. Last year it was Detroit in week 18. They lose that game outright at Lambeau. This year it's the Chicago Bears with an opportunity to play spoiler. As we know, Chicago locked into the number one pick via Carolina. Their own pick currently sits at number 10. I don't think they care about that whatsoever. Green Bay. They're in with a win. They clinch a wild card spot with a victory. They could also clinch with a Vikings loss plus a Seahawks loss plus a Buccaneers loss or a Vikings loss plus a Seahawks loss plus a Saints loss. So they'll be they'll be doing some scoreboard watching on Sunday, but clearly the uh, the path of least resistance here is just win this game against the Chicago Bears. What do you think we see here? I am very very nervous about the Green Bay Packers defense. I'll say that. I am too. Um, we, we talked about it on on the circuit vid, but like last week is not indicative of who the, this Packers defense is. Uh, the previous uh, fifteen games were, were far more indicative, and and um, you know I know the season started out with the Packers going into Chicago and and you know kind of wrecking shop a little bit, and the Bears were, were kind of buzzy coming into this season, and it, you know then it was more of the same from from Chicago, but. Um, you know, they made those moves midseason, and it's really shored up that defense. The defense is playing really, really well, um, dating back to November. The offense has definitely gotten back on track since Justin Fields came back and got healthy, especially after the bye week. Um, you know, DJ Moore is, is rolling along pretty nicely uh, right now as well. And going up against a, a Packers defense, it's really leaky. And now you have a Bears offense that's kind of multiple. You know, they can gash you at the run, and they can actually, you know, hit some passes down the field now. I think the Bears are, are really dangerous in this spot. And I, I think, you know, like it, I know the song remains the same as far as like last year being in this spot playing against the Lions. But I don't know. I, I feel like that this it's not going to be enough for the Packers like they, they They know that they have that bad taste in their mouth from last year and they, they've mm-hmm. fought and clawed to even be um, in this spot to begin with because they're, they're not a great team this year. But no, I, I like the Bears here. I think they are playing a better brand of football right now. I think they, they not only cover, but win outright as well. I feel the same way. I do. I went back and forth on this one. I, I wrote up like three different write-ups for, for my article. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm taking the Bears. Part of it is some of the injuries on the Green Bay side. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones remains limited. I, I think the expectation is that he's going to play, but might not be 100%. We'll see on Christian Watson. I think he's going to push to try to play. If he does, he's just always one of those guys that you worry about even making it through the game. And perhaps most importantly, Jaden Reed has remained limited all week. And the way they were talking about that chest injury earlier in the week, I, I think it's maybe not quite as as severe as they initially thought, but I still think he's in a lot of pain. And if he's out there, he's not going to be 100%. I, I think the Packers defense is going to struggle here. There, there's that, To me, that is no question. I would be shocked if the Packers defense plays well in this spot. So it comes down to can Green Bay score with the Chicago offense that's put up 852 yards of total offense 
over the last two weeks. And, you know, Chicago's defense, we know they've been playing a lot better since their mid, the midseason bye. I mean, they're top five in DVOA, top five in defensive EPA in that span. They forced 14 turnovers over the last five games. As great as Jordan Love is, he's still turnover prone. It's going to take a, a really, really, really good Jordan Love game, I think, for the Packers to win this, which is, it's in the cards. He played great last week. He's on balance. He's been, he's had more good games than bad games this season. So it, it's it's possible, but I, I think you're asking a lot of Jordan Love. And you know, I, I think, you know, Packers offense versus Bears defense, you could say those maybe cancel out. Packers offense has been playing well. Bears defense is good. They'll limit the run. I think that's a, that's kind of a net, not uh neutral, but Packers defense versus Bears offense. I think the advantage goes to the Bears there. There we have it. And uh, do the Packers still have bad special teams too? It's better than it used to be, but it's still, it, it, you know, they got the Passaccia bump, but that, it's still not, uh, I wouldn't say it's an overwhelming strength. Okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. Either way, um, I, I think you, you broke it down unit to unit correctly. And, and yeah, so therefore, edges to the Bears here. That brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers, a completely meaningless game. One of, I think, only four on the schedule. So we'll do this one quickly. Kansas City, they are locked into the number three seed in the AFC. L.A. eliminated from playoff contention. They currently hold the number six pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Our, our, our number on this one in the circuit contest is Chargers minus three and a half. And uh, obviously this comes down to, to quarterbacking here for Kansas City. No Mahomes. You know, we'll see on Travis Kelsey. I, I, I think he's you know, gunning for another 1,000-yard season. You know, we'll, we'll see if Andy Reid cares enough about that to throw him out there. Rasheed Rice has not practiced all week. Isaiah Pacheco, obviously, he's been banged up of late. I think all those guys could end up being limited, um, and it will be Blaine Gabbert for the Kansas City Chiefs. Do, do you have any real thoughts here? This is just screaming stay away to me. Yeah, th- this to me is what Jets-Pats was to you. Like, I, I really – don't have a ton to to add here because frankly the the more I talk about it uh the more I'm I'm probably wasting the the listeners time by making something up because it it's impossible to truly gauge what either side is bringing to the table here the the Chiefs obviously focused on getting their house in order before the postseason the, the Chargers uh just one of the biggest layings of eggs the, of of the entire season been a nightmare year for them so I my inclination would probably be to take the points, but it, my bigger inclination is uh, that this is one that I'm just not going to bet. In that case, we will move on to Broncos Raiders Raiders three point favorites uh, at DraftKings right now, but we get this one at two and a half in the contest. I like the Raiders here, both teams eliminated from playoff contention. Vegas currently slotted 11th in the draft. Broncos are at 14th. I don't think either team really cares all that much. Yeah, obviously, they, they both have you know kind of questions at quarterback going forward, but they're probably not going to be uh, you know in that zone. Might be looking to trade up, if anything, or, or kind of looking at that secondary tier of quarterbacks. But I, I don't really like what I saw from Denver last week. I know they won, but it was just – it was not really convincing. It, it, it didn't look as clean as I, I thought it might with Jared Stidham. I thought they'd maybe unleash him a little bit more. And, you know, granted, he's, he's without a couple of receivers and could be down Cortland Sutton again this week. By the way, he did practice in full today. We'll see. Um, you know, I, I think he's trending toward playing, but we'll see what the snap count ends up being. I, I think the Raiders just care more right now. I, I think they want to win this game for Antonio Pierce. I think they, I think the players want Antonio Pierce to be their full-time head coach. And I think if they win this game, he's going to have a good chance for that to be the case. Um, you know, motivationally, I just, I, I don't really think it's there for Denver. And you know, Raiders get this game at home. It feels like, you know, despite being eliminated, they're they're trending in the right direction. They're building momentum. 
Whereas it feels like Denver's kind of been moving the other direction. I think one of my like favorite things about this week, especially as you read off the, the uh, playoff implications from each game is the Broncos are eliminated and yet they're somehow like still factoring into the playoff race right. in, in like some form or fashion. It's like you, you guys are done, but like it still might have an odd ripple effect uh, somewhere else across the league. It's, I don't know, for some reason that just feels like a perfect situation for Denver to be in, 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 in week 18, but completely agree with what you're saying about, about the Raiders here in this spot and, and Antonio Pierce and the turnaround that they've kind of had since uh, canning Josh McDaniels. So yeah, no, I, I like the Raiders here. I think that line is, is small enough. You know, we, we just need a field goal to get this done. Yeah. Uh, give me the Raiders. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's in all likelihood going to be low scoring. It's not going to be an easy one, but I, I do like the Raiders quite a bit. Total sitting at 38. Eagles-Giants. Uh, some implications on the line here for Philly. They could clinch the NFC East still with a victory, but they also need Dallas to lose outright to the Commanders. Eagles have already clinched at least a wild card spot, and uh, they cannot fall any lower than the number five seed in the NFC. Meanwhile, uh, New York eliminated from playoff contention. They currently hold the number five pick in the NFL draft. This one worries me. I, I, I've been kind of an undying Eagles supporter. They made me look silly these last few weeks. Uh, I, I thought kind of the, the hullabaloo around the Eagles was a little overblown, and turns out I was very wrong about that. Uh, they've now dropped four of their last five after that 10-1 start. Philly defense has allowed at least 100 yards rushing in each of the last seven games, including 221 on the ground to Arizona last week. Early in the season, John, they held opponents under 100 yards in eight of their first nine games. So the defense is slipping. The offense looks out of sorts. And you know now you're facing a Tyrod Taylor-led Giants team, which I, everybody loves Tyrod, right? He's, he's like a, a 500 quarterback, basically, in his career. Um, I, I think that gives the Giants a little bit of a boost here. And my, my main concern is this game is going on at the same time as uh, Cowboys commanders. And if the Cowboys take care of business, all of a sudden, you know, the, any motivation to win this game for Philly could go down the drain in the second half. Yes. Uh, I remember when we were talking a few weeks ago, right after uh, Philly signed Shaq Leonard. And I was like, this, I don't know. There's something up with these guys. Like it feels a little bit desperate and you, you definitely counter that with like, that's just sort of what Philly does. Like that, you know, they brought in Ndamukong Sue uh, last season for the push and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, all right. So that's just kind of their brand, but I don't know the the, the Seahawks game uh, last week is particularly concerning. And like you said, you know, there is the chance here where if, if Dallas is doing what it's supposed to do here, then the Eagles, they're stuck. They, they can't get that number two seed and therefore, you know, get, get out of Dodge regardless. So I don't want to bet this one. Um, but if if I absolutely had to, I probably would take the Eagles because I think they want to have some modicum of momentum going into the postseason. I, and I think playing against this Giants team, plucky as they may be, um, I think this is a, a good spot probably for the Eagles to yeah. correct some things before you know stuff really starts to matter. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what I wrote about last week's game against Arizona. I was like, yeah, man, Eagles got to push here. Like they, they got to build some positive momentum. And then like the, the problem with trying to do that is if it backfires and you feel even worse about yourself, right? Like you're like, all right, we got a, we got a crap team coming in in the Giants. Let's get some things sorted out. Let's feel better about ourselves going into the playoffs. But if you if you go hard to win this game and you struggle and you, you barely win it or you lose outright, you know, then then you're like you're really scrambling going into the playoffs. So I it's going to be an interesting dance, I think, for Philly. If if Dallas ends up big in the second half, you know, what is the, what, what is the merit in keeping starters in versus saying, all right, 
whatever. We'll take the five seed. We'll play an NFC South team in round one. We'll, we'll feel good about that. And, you know, we'll, we'll just try to avoid injury. So it's, it's really difficult to predict. Uh, obviously a lot of it will hinge on, on whether or not Dallas can even get to that point. But um, yeah, I, I kind of lean the same way as you. I, I think if I'm Philly, if I'm an Eagles fan, I would want my team to play hard here to try to recapture something and, and build, build some positive momentum going into the postseason. Yeah. Let's losing get... last week, it, like basically necessitates them having to, having them mm-hmm. like need to come correct this week. Yeah. All right. Let's do, let's do Dallas commanders real quick. Uh, since we are we're kind of on that subject anyway. Um, Dallas, they have clinched at least a wild card spot. They can lock up the NFC East with a win or a Philadelphia loss. A win would also lock Dallas into the number three seed uh, by virtue of beating the line straight up last week. Washington, shockingly eliminated from postseason contention. They currently have the number two pick in the NFL draft. If you're if you're Washington, you don't want to be out of that top three. So I I, I think there's reason to believe that if there's any franchise that would like pre- prevent itself from winning a meaningful game, I feel like it would be Washington. Uh, I could see Josh Harris like gluing himself to the field, you know, if, if they're if they're leading late in the fourth quarter to to try to like generate some sort of forfeit. Um, but you know, I, I I do think with the number two seed and the division on the line for Dallas, you know, kind of trying to officially stake its claim is like, hey, we're the team to beat in the NFC East. It's not Philly anymore. I expect Dallas to come out fast. It's it's just a question of you know, if they're up twenty, do they let that lead slip away and they win this game by ten instead of winning it by fourteen or seventeen? Yep, Cowboys by ten. Final answer. Um, I, I think Washington has no interest in winning this game, and and uh, the Cowboys have no interest in making this a 60-minute game. Okay, there we go. Right to the point. Rams 49ers. Niners, four-point favorites right now over the Rams. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me that the Rams, the Rams, you know, have seating implications on the line. They apparently don't seem to care if they're the six or the seven in the NFC. And, you know, as of right now, you don't even know who you would play. So that's fine. Maybe they don't see much of a difference between what would likely be Dallas or the Detroit lions. Uh, But the Rams have already locked up a playoff spot. They got that out of the way. San Francisco, we know has locked up the number one seed in the NFC. We will be getting Carson Wentz against Sam Darnold. In my article this week, John, I compared this to watching Jaleel Okafor play Marvin Bagley one-on-one. Wow. I'm, I'm not the NBA guy I once was, but even I know that those are two sorry, sorry uh, individuals as far as uh, draft expectations versus reality uh, was concerned. Um, it, it is interesting, the Rams' indifference to their seeding. You know, it, it went so well for them in Dallas last time, right? You know, the, you, you, why wouldn't you just want, want to do that again? But um, seriously, I think it, it could this game kind of comes down to Carson Wentz a little bit. Um, you know, he, he's going to be rusty, of course. Darnold looked pretty good against the Ravens, I thought. Um, so I think that, but we we don't know what ingredients he'll be cooking with. No McCaffrey. You got to figure that, you know, some of the other star players in that offense are, are going to be resting for, for this one. So uh, a little bit harder to look good with whoever their backups are. It's, it's kind of escaping me at this point. I mean, I don't, they, I don't they think, cut, I don't know if Elijah Mitchell is going to play either, by the way. Uh, so then you're talking about Willie Sneed. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I don't know what to I mean, like there's been no indication quite yet that like Debo and Kittle are going to be fully held out. I would be shocked if they play a full four quarters. So, yeah. Uh, so the, they'll be present, but, but um, yeah, may, maybe not all the way. All the, every snap that Kittle's out there and, and Debo too, like it, they'll, yeah, they're they're gonna be go, going after it, but um, yeah, I think I'll I'll just go with with Wentz being bad, trying too hard, and like just kind of almost 
like in a boxing match, just letting the guy tire himself out. That's that's what the Niners are going to do. They're just going to let the Rams keep do, taking their shots with Wentz, have it go extremely sideways for them, and you know the the Niners end up winning this one. But as far as the spread is concerned, I, I do not want to touch this one. Yeah, I like the Niners as well. Uh, we know on the LA side, no Kyron Williams, no Cooper Cup, and no Tyler Higby. So you're, you're taking out your top running back, your top receiver, your top tight end. I think Puka Nakua is going to play. I think he's going to get the rookie receiving record, and then he's going to be out of there. Um, and I, I, just, I think the Niners have better depth, right? Like if we're talking like a backups versus backups game, I trust Sam Darnold more than I trust Carson Wentz, and I trust the the San Francisco infrastructure on both sides more than I do the Rams, who are a very top-heavy roster yep. in general. So I, I think the Niners are the side there. All right, we got one more game. That's the game of the week. Bills-Dolphins. Uh, this one is down to two and a half in favor of Buffalo at DraftKings. It locked at three in the circuit contest. I, I think you and I both feel the same way on this one. We both like the Buffalo Bills to go into Miami, kind of save this just wacky season that could somehow end with them being the two seed. It could somehow end with them being completely out of the playoffs. Whichever team wins, they clinch the AFC East and the two seed in the AFC. Miami is already in no matter what. Uh, Buffalo, in all likelihood, is going to be in no matter what. Uh, even with a loss, they, they would need some other things to go against them. But um, it, it, as shaky as the Buffalo offense has been to me, John, over the last couple of weeks, I, I think this is a spot where they show up. And Miami's just so, so banged up right now that, to me, I, I think they would almost prioritize being healthy for a meaningful playoff game over you know trying to win the division. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, we, we get full strength from, from both sides here. I think, you know, that, that you know, the NFL – chose this game for a reason the, the stakes it being what what they are and the, the different scenarios at play but yeah Miami the vibes are just off after last week and Buffalo I mean they, they've kind of scraped by the the last couple weeks and gotten no criticism for it which that is kind of like the Buffalo thing a lot of the times like it felt like this year was like the first time they've ever caught any heat fr- from the media whatsoever during the Josh Allen era but then uh, they beat the crap out of the Cowboys who don't beat people on the road. And and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're God's gift and everything. But I do think in this spot, begrudgingly, I, th- I think the Bills go down there and, and kind of make a little bit of a statement. So it, it's interesting to me that, like, when you checked the lines on Monday, were you surprised to see the Bills favored by three? Given what we had just seen from the Dolphins and given that they lost some more key players to injury, not necessarily because I think Buffalo okay. always gets respect. So it, it, yeah, maybe it's, it was a little shocking, but to be honest, not that shocking. No. Okay. All right. I, I was just a, a little bit taken aback by, by that, but at the same time, I, I think when you add those contextual issues in um, that, that definitely makes sense. But uh, let's see here. I was trying to, I thought I had seen some interesting number about the, the bills and in, in totals on the road, but um it's actually not too strong of a wreck. It's just three and four. So nothing overly significant there, but um, beyond that. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, the dolphins are just a little bit too banged up here. And, and I think the bills are a little bit more experienced in the, in this particular setup. I know the dolphins made the playoffs last year and lost to the bills, but no, give me the bills. This one opened at one and a half, by the way, um, prior to week 17, and then was bet up to, to one and a half in favor of Buffalo and, you know, swelled up to three and, you know, again, now two and a half at DraftKings. But um, I, I think it probably settles at three. We're both on the bills there. We like that one. Uh, John, that means it's time for our parlays, our teaser, our locks of the week. I was, I was going to say the last ones of the season, but we will be doing this through the NFL playoffs. We're not done yet. We got, you know, what, four or five more weeks left in us they're going to be diminished slates but uh, obviously more important ones 
than a lot of the games we're dealing with here. Give me your NFL Week 18 parlay of the week. Yeah, ex- exactly. I didn't hear no bell. We're, we're going through the Super Bowl. <laughs> Excited about that. Um, I have two parlays for you. Uh, I'll, I'll start out Ooh. start out nice and easy. Bears money line. There we go. Cardinals plus three and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if that's still out there. Um, it might might be down to like two and a half. Um, and Saints money line. I don't want to mess with the spread on that, but I, I do want the Saints in that okay. one. That that that'll pay out plus six thirty four. You want to get a little bit more uh, chutzpah on this one. We like the Bears money line and the Cardinals money line. This is all money lines. Okay. The Indianapolis money line. Whoa. And the and the New England money line. That's almost twenty to one. How does it lose? Tell me how it loses. The big it the big dog just stood up. Like he's so jazzed about that. <laughs> Look at that. All right. We love it. We love it. I I have a measly uh, single parlay to to hand out, and it's eerily similar to yours, John. We're taking Arizona, we're taking Chicago spreads, and we're taking the Las Vegas spread, two and a half. All those teams got to win. They got to cover. That gets you to about six to one, but I feel a little inferior after that 20 to one-er. <laughs> if that, I mean, I can definitely see it come in though. Like it, I've, yeah. the one I'm most scared about is probably Indianapolis, and I still give them a very good chance of winning that game. And we let off the show talking about that game. I do think Indianapolis wins it. Okay, there we go. Seven-point teaser this week. We are teasing the Dallas Cowboys from 13 down to 6. Just, you know, don't want to worry too much about that back door. I think they win that game by at least a touchdown. Got to win to clinch the division. New York Giants. We are teasing them up from 5 to 12. And, you know, we're, we're relying on a little bit of scoreboard watching. So I think we probably need Dallas to take care of business. We need Philly to perhaps take its foot off the gas. Or maybe Philly to just play like it has for the last six weeks. And this ends up being a close game. But we get, get a 12-point cushion there. Uh, and we're also going to pair that up with teasing the Titans from three and a half to ten and a half. And again, we might be able to get that one a little bit higher later in the week if that line does get to five or back to five and a half where it was a couple of days ago. Um, so Tennessee, you know, they just got to keep it to a 10 point game. Giants got to keep it to an 11 point game. Uh, and Dallas has to win by a touchdown. I, I'm digging it. I, I like that Giants angle. Uh, particularly because, you know, like last week we talked about it. It's like, I don't like the Eagles to cover double digits right now, no. period. No, they, they haven't done it all year. Why would we like it now? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, my best bet, John, I'm going with the Raiders. I'm take, I'm really diving in on the narrative, something I don't do very often, but I like the Raiders to win this game at home, and I like them to cover two and a half. What about you? Yeah, the, the Raiders discussion uh, that we've had this afternoon definitely has me fired up for, for uh, Vegas. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you on that one, but um, I'm sticking to to the lean that I've had all week. It is the Chicago Bears plus three. So I, I know in, in the parlays and, and everyone still, I, I stand by them. I, I like the Bears to win that one outright. But if we're just doing the best bet period, just a little spread, a little Bears plus three. There we go. There we go. We thank everybody for listening along live on YouTube or on Twitter. Do we stream this on Facebook? I don't know. We might have. But either way, Rotowire Facebook, Rotowire Twitter, Rotowire YouTube. That's where you can find all of our video content. You can fire us up on, on TikTok, on Instagram. We are all over the place. And of course, you can find the audio version of this wherever you get your podcasts. John, I got to run. I got to go talk some NBA you on do. the radio. But we will be in close contact over these next couple of days as we lock in our week 18 circa entries circlelasvegas.com by the way if you want to head out check out stadium swim check out the big game party coming up uh, in about a month or so uh, always a good time 
over at Circa. Again, that is CircaLasVegas.com. John, good chat with you, man. We'll talk next week. Likely, sir. Or likewise, sir. <laughs>